Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of our roundtables addressing diversity in the Quidditch community. Here tonight, we have five guests that have accepted the invitation to talk about the players of color in Quidditch. This roundtable discussion is for education and to learn about experiences that these guests have faced in this community. The hope for this discussion is to help college teams become more diverse and for teams to understand how to recruit players. The goal is to listen and to learn and to hopefully use this platform to create change in this community. And with that, I would like to introduce our guests. Hi, I'm Eric. Um, I'm on Cal Quidditch. I've been playing for two years now. Um, I'm going to be a junior in the fall, and I was captain for the past year. Uh, I'm Porvi. I play for Texas Quidditch. Uh, this past year was my first year, and I'll be a sophomore in the fall. Um, I'm Caroline. I play for Texas Quidditch. Uh, this past year was my first year also, and I'll be a sophomore in the fall. Um, my name is Nico. I play for Columbia Quidditch. Um, I've played for seven years, and I've been a snitch coach, and I'm a captain for Columbia. Nice. Thank you guys all for coming on tonight. And so I guess we'll just start off with the first question. Um, obviously, Quidditch is a niche sport. It's uh, definitely interesting trying to describe it to other people. So how did you how did your parents or family members or friends even, how did they react when you told them that you'd be playing Quidditch um, as a freshman in college when you first entered? Um, I guess for me, I've grown up playing sports. So like telling them I was joining Quidditch like as a club sport at UT wasn't really anything new to them. Um, what was kind of new was like, it was like the traveling side of Quidditch for UT. Um, and so they were more worried about like time commitment and stuff and that like I wouldn't be focusing on academics as much, but I mean, they were encouraging about it. And they said like, as long as I like maintain everything and have fun with it to go for it. Yeah, for me, um, my parents are pretty accepting too because I've played volleyball all my life. So they're used to me playing a sport. They were worried about um, the contact side of it more. Um, but like once I convinced them that I'd be fine, um, they were okay with it. Similarly, um, when I first started, parents were pretty supportive because I've also played sports like football and track. And then um, mostly just a lot of questions about like, you know, how it works, you know, how we do it, things like that. But overall, pretty, pretty supportive. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of explaining to the parents. Um, I played soccer my whole life. Um, there's, there's some contact in that, but there's definitely a lot more contact in Quidditch, which they were worried about. Um, I, I dislocated my shoulder this year. So now they're even more worried, but they're still, they're still there. They, they hang out. And I mean, with friends, it's even harder to explain. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people see it as kind of like a joke, but um, I mean, as long as you stick with it, they start accepting it basically. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Branching off of that. I remember when I first started playing, it was, it was weird. It was, my parents didn't understand it. They still haven't seen me play Quidditch in the four years that I played. Um, and my friends, they were obviously roasting me from, from day one. They were like, yo, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing, why, like, why do you have a broom between your legs? And it's definitely like, obviously interesting exploring those, uh, like conversations with them. And it was pretty cool because one of my friends that made fun of me for it freshman year, he messaged me the other day going, dude, I'm super proud of all the things like you were able to do for like Quidditch and just seeing my journey, I guess. Um, so it's interesting. And I genuinely am surprised at how, I guess, the, uh, 
the reactions were as different as they were where um last week majority of the guests said that their family and parents didn't understand it and um and i didn't my parents didn't understand it either but for you guys to say that your families were all very accepting was is really great to hear and um i'm super excited to go on with this conversation um and so like my second follow-up to that i guess would be do you guys have any positive or negative anecdotes about your team or just your first initial stages of uh, starting to play Quidditch? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Um, I, well, I think a lot of people, you don't know about Quidditch until you get to college. Um, when I, when I first saw it, I was like, what is this? it's kind of like a joke thing. Um, basically the, the way they recruited me was, saying, let's go play capture the flag first. And then I actually got to meet the team and then I stayed for like one Quidditch session. I was like, this is, this is not that bad. And I really stayed for the team, honestly. Um, but then I, I grew to love the actual sport too. I'll go. Um, when I first started, like I, I, I saw that Michigan State had a Quidditch team like online but I was also like a, like the books too. So like, I thought maybe it was a club. So I was going to see what that was about. I even saw it online, but I still wasn't sure like it was real. And then, so when I went out and like uh, saw how they were like playing the game, it was um, amazing. And then um, it was a really big team and they were really welcoming and <laughs> it was really weird, but like, I just played like all day, like uh, at the orientation, just kind of stayed. Yeah, I guess for me at UT, we have it at orientation over the summer for us. Um, so like that's kind of the first time I actually saw it like in person at UT because I kind of heard that UT had a team and stuff. Um, but like my whole like first interaction was with them. It's like everybody on the team currently was like encouraging um, about like teaching me how to play and just like keeping it like positive. Like if I made a mistake, they would just be like encouraging about like everything I was doing. Yeah, I first saw Quidditch at orientation. I had no idea it was a real um, thing before then. But I mean, and I like Harry Potter, so like I was interested. But what really sold me was like they had like videos playing of like past year's teams, and like that got me really interested because it looked like a real like sport. And so, do you guys want to talk about maybe like your how how did it feel for uh, when you first got on that pitch and like maybe holding on to that broom and like how and like I know Caroline you talked about how like your teammates really supported you and helped you out when you were me you first started playing so do you guys have any stories about how the team leadership or team culture allowed you to make as many mistakes as possible and then for you to take that in stride and continue your growth um I you want to oh. go Nico no you can go first Okay. Um, I guess the culture at UT is just like encouraging and becoming like a big family and stuff. And so like we had maybe one unofficial practice before we went to breakfast taco, which is like an unofficial tournament um, and stuff. And so that's kind of like where Porvi and I actually started playing with a team um, and like actually playing the real game and playing our positions and just like getting used to like having obviously the broom between our legs um and then playing just like a full length game instead of just like a mini scrimmage or something yeah similarly like uh when i first started like they had us running scrimmages and 
just the orientation before we got on pitch was just really nice like saying like we're all one big family like we're all cool here like that was really encouraging like um and I could see how big the club was at that point and like how every, how everyone was cool with each other but then getting on it and seeing like the actual competition of it and actually the difficulty level of like like understanding the rules and like getting beat and stuff and then like um to willingness to like let people try things like I think in that first day like I got I tried like every position on the field and like they were encouraging to me like with every one of them and trying to find like what I was like actually be interested in playing and that was really helpful to me yeah um yeah uh it's definitely a lot different um playing an actual game than scrimmages or like with the team um my first experience was we went to top of Utah we took a like a 15-hour drive uh, from Berkeley all the way to Utah. That was, uh, that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I feel like the road trip really helped too. And just being there and getting, getting whooped by all the teams was definitely an experience. But um, like we brought, we basically brought I think like 15 rookies and it was great just like getting, like getting to know them and then also getting to play with them on the field and like figuring out what we like and what we want to do. Yeah, no, 100%. Honestly, that's one of the favorite parts for me in terms of Quidditch is the road trips. Um, and so I know when we went to Nationals last year, when it was in Texas, um, I remember having to make that drive from Dallas to to Austin. And so Caroline and Purvi, can you guys talk about how the travel for you guys and how, like, how did, how does traveling work for Texas? And how do you think that, um, helped in terms of team chemistry or building relationships? So we normally like drove to all of our tournaments um, and we would have like our carpool document where all the people that were driving um, put their names down and you could put your name under a car. And like most of the time the cars were pretty similar, but like we would mix in between. And like that's, the car rides were a lot of fun with like getting close to our teammates and stuff. like playing card games and stuff. I know that the first unofficial tournament, Breakfast Taco, that was um, the drive there. Me and Caroline um, got close and like that overnight stay, um, it was a lot of fun and it helped like get close with the team. Yeah, for us, most of our drives for tournaments were like two, three hours max probably. Um, Our furthest was for regionals to Louisiana. Um, And so like that was obviously like a day of driving for us. Um, but like some of us switched cars then, but for the most part, we all just stayed within the same like cars and like got to know like our car really well with everybody, um, which kind of helped with like, I guess, on-field chemistry because like you knew the person and you like, we got to know each other, like our weaknesses and strengths, um, through just like hanging out and talking really. That's awesome. And now the same question to, um, Eric and Nico, where Eric, I know California schools, they're all spread out. California is huge. How do these, I know, and you talked about the 15-hour road trip to Utah. So, like, how often are those um, road trips, and how well do you think the team likes those road trips, quite honestly? Yeah, um, well, the the Utah road trip is, like, a one-time thing. It was <laughs> just, like, a, a full send by the captains last year. But um, usually a lot of the tournaments are in SoCal, in, like, the L.A. Torrance area. Um, so that's, like, usually a six-, seven-hour drive from Berkeley. Um, but yeah, road trips are a great way for people to get to know each other. We, we try to mix them up, especially in the beginning of the year. Um, 
for all the rookies and stuff. And um, we we have a lot of we have a lot of players that live in SoCal, so they offer to like house us and everything, and it's great just like getting to meet their families and like eating with them and then having them show us around. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun stuff. That's awesome. And then Nico, I know you you play for uh, Columbia, and that's in Chicago, right? Correct. Right. And so, how does travel work for you? Because I know in the Midwest, there are teams that are just super far away and then there's gonna be like a cluster of teams so um when you guys travel does how do you think that works for you guys well um some some of the tournaments are like a, a little far i suppose yeah and then it's kind of sometimes harder not to like come back all um that same day like at, at night and stuff and a couple times I think one one time we were, we had to come back like in like in the snow or something from regionals or something all the way from Iowa. That was kind of tough on us. So it would be nicer like if, if some of the turns were closer. But like as was said before, also like those car rides are are really good team bonding moments too. That's awesome. And so now I just I, I want to get into the recruitment and recruiting aspect of Quidditch because we've heard in the last two weeks, three weeks a lot of talk about how their Quidditch is a white sport. It's uh, there's a lot of white people. And I know, I remember when I first went to my first tournament, I was one of the only Brown people there. And it was just like, well, it is what it is, but I love the sport. So like I, that didn't affect me from staying, but how did you guys feel when you first went to your, that first tournament or even tryouts? Because I know UT tryouts are, there's a ton of people, aren't there? Based um, on what I heard. <laughs> I didn't go to trials this past year because um, I was out of town, but I think four of you went, right? Yeah, I did. Um, there were a fair amount of people, but um, and it was mostly white people. Um, I think before me and Caroline joined, there was only one Asian person on the team. Um, but for me, I guess, I mean, volleyball, I've played volleyball my whole life, and that's a very white sport, especially in Texas, so it didn't really phase me. But um, it probably would have helped a little to see more people of color, but I guess I'm just, I was just used to it. So I like just joined because I liked playing and everyone was nice. Yeah, for me, similar to Porvi, um, I grew up playing soccer and basketball. Uh, majority of my teammates from like club and stuff um, were primarily white. Um, and so like, I didn't have a problem seeing mainly white people at my first tournament or even on my team, just because like, it's just kind of how Texas is, I feel like. Um, but overall, I think UT is pretty diverse with people, but I just feel like recruiting people of color could be a little harder for us, um, just because people would see primarily white people playing a sport. And Eric and Nico, I want to pitch the same question to you, you guys, where if you, I know with Columbia, the, uh, this was their first official, this was their first year back officially, right? I'm, I used official way so. too much there, but like, um, but oh, so our second, I think or second, second. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Um, so how did, if you, did you go to tryouts slash uh, like, did you see the people that were there? Yes, I did. Um, our, our tryouts were, um, kind of small, I guess, you know, uh, the, our team seems, I don't know, kind of diverse in comparison because I don't know, I've been playing the sport a long time and mm -hmm. it's usually like a lot of white people, like a lot. And so they're like, 
three people three people of color like on our team so like that's actually kind of high you know for for the sports standards right right and eric um yeah uh well we don't we don't technically have tryouts it just whoever comes comes um but yeah there's definitely i noticed a lack of like um asians on the team um i think it was like maybe three or four last year or something um but i think what really helped was one of the captains was asian last year arden low um and i really connected with him um and uh yeah but i noticed there's definitely a lot of white people um that come to the sport and i think it's like this like self-perpetuating cycle where like people like people of color don't see themselves playing don't see other people of color playing so they're like oh i i can't do that either and then it just keeps going and so based on what eric just said which i think is a great point where i know a lot of leadership um especially from college teams in the last couple of weeks we're just talking about how like they don't know how to recruit uh pl- players of color because they don't want it to seem like tokenistic almost where they're not picking people just to say hey oh yeah like we have a black guy on our team or we have a brown guy on our team or like we have a brown girl on our team it's like we they don't want it to be like artificial if that makes sense um so how and you guys, which is pretty amazing, you guys all have such positive experiences, which is obviously what we want. And so what do you think the team leadership for your schools has done well to keep you guys and retain you guys into coming back practice after practice? I think for me, a big reason I stayed um, was less on um, the people of color side, but more like the female side. Um, One of our captains was a girl and I got really close to her um, and that helped a lot with um, me feeling more comfortable on the team. Um, So I don't I can't really speak on in terms of race but in terms of gender I felt a lot more welcomed because there was a female captain. I would say also I think for Texas we have out of our roster last year we had five players of color on our roster out of I think 18 or something and so like it helped that like we were all consistent with coming to practice um so it was like nice to just see each other uh twice a week um and just being consistent with it so we're like none of us felt left out or anything and like our leadership and everybody like overall on the team did a really good job of like keeping us like engaged and like welcome with the team um especially with Corby and I both being freshmen this past year. Um, for me, it was uh, just, you know, the environment, everybody was um, really friendly and that's kind of, I feel like that's really important across like both the teams I've played on is that like, you know, sometimes when you're coming into a new school or something like that, you join a club like Quidditch, like for everybody to be really cool to you, like that might be like your friend group, like going forward. So that is in addition to just like loving Quidditch and the competitiveness of it, um, how friendly people like all, at all grade levels were to like newcomers is something that helps retain. Yeah, uh, I think that's the great thing about Quidditch. It's like, um, no matter how athletic you are, like no matter how ripped you are, you're playing Quidditch. So like everyone's, everyone's nice. Um, I think at Berkeley, um, we, we really try to keep it like 
so that it feels like a family. Um, like we we always do stuff outside of Quidditch, and we always go on. We we went on a retreat last year. I think that was or that I think that was really great. Um, but yeah, we always just do like outside activities, just hang out with each other, um, so that everyone feels included. And again, that's a huge point into obviously what people have said into. In, I'm sorry. And that's pretty big into uh, into why people are saying that they've stayed with their team. And that's awesome. Um, and so when you guys are with your team and you guys are practicing, you and I know Eric just said that they hang out af outside of practice. Is that the same for Caroline, Groovy, and Nico? Yeah, our team um, has a lot of outside of practice hangouts. Um, and even just after practice, almost every week, we would go out for dinner um, and we'd have like little like get-togethers like we had a, a cook-off and like a costume party and stuff like that so like that really helped with everyone on the team getting closer uh, same you know like uh, going out to eat after um, with, all, with everybody or like going to parties together things like that and honestly everything that we've talked about so far it really tells me how culture is a huge aspect into why people stay with the sport um, because it's such a stark difference between I guess the older players that um, that were guests last week versus you guys where you guys so far have been super positive you guys love the game and for everything that it's done for you and, and just all the positive experiences that you have from it versus last week where there was there was a lot of experiences that were definitely negative. Um, have you guys felt any, I guess, situations where you might have been um, not refed the same way or been called names? Um, I mean, for me, my experience with Quidditch, like any sort of like negative things, haven't really been a lot different from like normal life. So it's like sometimes there are, you know, like people make like underlying sexist or racist jokes, but like for me, I, it's not like enough to stand out from just like the regular stuff I'm used to. So for me, like Quidditch hasn't felt much different in that aspect. Um, going off of that, I would say like uh, that, I kind of understood that part. I did watch the last conversation and that, and I feel like that's probably something most people have experienced, like in such like a white dominated space. Uh, there probably are like teams that are like very friendly and very nice. And, but sometimes these things, these like um, microaggressions happen that they might not even be thinking about, but that could be um, a barrier to retaining people or taking them out of like the rest of the culture. Um, what ways do you think that the non people of color can highlight and prop up their uh, um, BIPOC teammates without falling into this realm of like tokenism? I think I think just like supporting them don't don't treat them as a token um, like just having them as actual friends and stuff and just um, like don't don't like try to pretend to be a friend like honestly be their friend don't 
don't don't act like they're they're just a token for the team. Um, yeah. And yeah. I guess piggyback on that is just to like treat them the same on the field as like you would any other teammate. Um, especially like if they're not getting the ball enough in a game, like to share it with them or to like, I guess, give them the opportunity to make an like a chance or impact into the game. And I watched uh, last week's thing too. And one thing that stood out was they mentioned that like a thing that would be nice is white people calling out other white people when they hear these microaggressions because like as people of color, it can get tiring um, sometimes um, trying to educate people. So it would be nice um, for other people on the team to also help out with that. And you know what, Purvi, I'm glad you say that because I was talking to Tate K a few weeks ago and, and I mentioned how we were hoping that you would be a guest um, for today's episode. And he had nothing but great things to say. And he was just talking about how, uh, and you as well, Caroline, we mentioned both your names. Sorry about that. Uh, but no, um, he was just talking about how, like, he said how you had a lot of ideas in how to recruit for Texas um, for now that you're going to be a sophomore, right? Right. So he said he was just saying how like you had a lot of ideas. Would you mind sharing those ideas? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think my ideas weren't exact like specific to recruitment. It was just more in general, like how to support people of color, just like, you know, like educating yourself and um, not like relying on only like the people of color to call things out, but like as white people calling things out as you see them and educating people around you and stuff. Um, and just like making sure that the environment is welcoming to all people. And I guess branching off of that, um, Eric, you guys, we know the history of Cal. You guys went to the finals last year. You guys had an insane graduating class. And for most teams that, that usually means the end of like that, that senior push usually means the end of high level of competition for at least a year or so but you guys came out this year and you guys really showed that you were just as good um how how did you recruit the athletes or just the people that you did um to get your team back to where it is or where it was uh, well i think definitely having a like I, I think a lot of smaller schools struggle with recruiting um especially like struggling uh, struggling with like recruiting diverse people um i think we're just we're just lucky that Berkeley's such a big place, um, so that there's like a good amount of people that actually want to come and see you and, and play. Um, but for our actual recruiting, we usually do um, a a sweep week kind of, which is kind of like like rush week for frats and stuff, um, where we just have like different events, not not related to Quidditch. We have like one Quidditch session, but like the other stuff is mostly. We have dodgeball. You guys should all do dodgeball. Dodgeball is a great way to recruit people. To find beaters, um, you mean what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we have like dodgeball and like movie nights. Um, and just, just getting to know the team first before you actually get into the sport. Um, that's how I get got into the sport. Um, and yeah, I think the people that want to stay will stay and the people that will commit will commit after that. Um, yeah. And Nico, uh, Eric does bring up a good point where smaller schools tend to have um, t 
tend to have harder time recruiting people as it is. How did you think uh, recruitment went for you? And were you able to help out in that process? Or how did that work for Columbia? Um, I wasn't super involved with the recruiting in that process, but it kind of seemed to me as if we kind of, you know, just put out the word through the normal system. Uh, systems and kind of like whoever kind of showed up just showed up you know and we hope to retain as many people as we could who were interested through um, you know allowing them to play with us and, and trying to get them involved as members of the team. Um, how do you guys feel well okay first thing this is I guess a two-pronged question do you guys follow Quidditch media at all? Yeah, I follow, I follow a good amount. Okay. I don't really, but that's more because I just don't go on social media a lot. Yeah, I follow, I guess, a good amount. Um, probably not as much as, like, a lot of people who have been playing longer than I have, but I would say a good amount. Yeah, okay. I get most of my Quidditch information from Caroline. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so with that, do you guys think there needs to be, how, how do you think um, Quidditch media needs to change in order to better highlight uh, players of color or uh, just different things? Because oftentimes we hear the same opinions about, we hear the same opinions from the same people about things. And so what do you think needs to happen? Um, and what do you think about the moves of Callan Cupid becoming a mod for AQD? and Ethan Warren becoming the editor-in-chief for the eighth man. I think in media in general, like everywhere, there's a huge problem with representation. And a big thing with that is the people making the media, like there needs to be more representation there in order to have better representation in media. So I think um, putting more people of color in um, positions to control the media is good. Um, and what they said last week about um, like reporting like the differences on how they describe players white players and players of color just like having more people of color in charge they'd be able to point out those like you know microaggressions and like small differences in how they portray people you know I definitely think um, having Kellen and Ethan in those positions are is like it's a great first step um, I think we're slowly starting to like change, change, like a change new guard or change the old guard, sorry. Um, I think definitely AQD especially has been like, uh, has been dominated by like the same opinions, same voices. I mean, you, you, you still see them, um, to this day, but I think having, having Kellen, uh, be there as a moderator, like having so much power over AQD, which is like, I, I think where a lot of people get their Quidditch information. Um, I think having him there and having Ethan be editor-in-chief of Eighth Man is um, it's definitely a great, great first step. Um, definitely needs to be a lot more done, but um, I think it's, it's, it's like the start of something new. And so when you say a lot more needs to be done, would you mind elaborating? Do you, have, do you have any ideas of your own that you might want to see on the national stage or even in the regional stage? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I'm, so, I'm starting to see like a lot more podcasts. I mean, like your podcast and stuff. 
um, just having different voices being heard, um, posting about different issues, um, and yeah, not 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 just talking about like in-game stuff. Um, talking about more of the Quidditch community, I think we're doing a better job of that now. Um, talking about like um, great like bigger issues among Quidditch community, um, and just having um, more people of color, um, whether it's like posting or having um, podcasts or just having discussions. Um, I think it's great. Um, this is more of a fun question, I guess. Uh... So last week, Tyler Walker was talking about how James Hicks was one of the first black superstars in Quidditch. And so do you guys have a role model that you potentially um, see and say like, hey, I want to be like that person? Um, for me, right, I'll, I'll be honest, one of my role models is Arian Goddessy from University of Texas and then uh, Texas Cavalry, because me and him are about the same size. Uh, same height and then we're, we have similar builds and I love the way he plays. And so for me, he was the person of color that I was like, Hey, I love the way he plays. I am going to follow his career from here on out. Um, do you guys have, have anyone of that sort um, or just Quidditch role models in general, I guess. For me, um, I guess there haven't been really any people of color um, role models because there's not a lot of women of color that I've seen play. Um, so like intersectionality is a big thing we need to think about. Um, I mean, the past beaters from Texas, like some of them would, like the girl beaters, they would come help out at practice and I would definitely wanna be as good as them. Um, but, you know, they were all white. So it was not really people of color. I mean, I was watching the all-time draft. Um... And I've, I've only been playing for two years, so like I barely knew anyone on the all-time draft. I didn't expect to see an Asian there, but when I saw Chris Cito mm -hmm. get picked, I had no I had no idea who he was at first. But I did some did some research. Um, I mean, he's also he he played in California, Lost Boys. Um, it's a shame that I that he doesn't play anymore right now, but um, I'm, I think I'm I think I'm a big fan of Chris Cito now. That's awesome. Yeah. Nico? You're muted, bud. It, it happens. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say it's, it's probably Tyler Walker. You know, he was uh, from a school in my area and then, you know, a person of color making noise athletically, like, on the national stage. So that was really cool to see. And then also everything he's doing lately with the group and uniting people and, you know, raising concerns. So... In many ways, yeah, Tyler Walker. Um, I guess for me, um, there's not like a female of color that I've like look up to or like watch particular. Um, but like all the Texas like past female chasers, I watch um, like past film of them and current film that like they have from like past seasons, especially like the ones that play in the community teams. Um, so I just like kind of watch them and see how like they play and then just like adapt their style to like how I play really. Awesome. I got you. Um, and so you said you were a captain um, for Cal, right? And then so because you were a captain, how, what sort of responsibilities did you have in terms of like recruitment? Um, how did you go about recruiting? Um, yeah, so I, I was uh, co-captains with Dara Guyman. Mm -hmm. um, so it definitely eases off a lot, a lot of the pressure. Um, 
for I mean for recruitment we, we basically have to head head everything. Um, we do have recruitment chairs who like who like help with the events and stuff, but it's mostly the captains who um, are like present and who talk to the team um, or talk to the new recruits. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean the, like the probably worst part about being captain is just having to do with all like the bureaucratic stuff, all like the paperwork and stuff. But um, getting talked with, getting talked with like the rookies and recruitment, recruitment stuff was actually pretty, pretty, pretty nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Caroline and Pruvi, do you guys have any uh, goals? I guess into what uh, UC Texas Quidditch uh, for by the time you guys are juniors or seniors. Um, for me, I guess is just to expand our org as a whole. Um, because we have two traveling teams and then we also have like our house side of the org. Um, and so like, I guess in the past couple of years, the org has been bigger, but like up leading up to this past year, the org has kind of gotten smaller. So I would just like to see by junior year, maybe senior year, um, for us to just build our numbers back up. Because I think house this past year, we only had like two or three true house players that weren't like a traveling player. Yeah, for me, I definitely want to try to recruit more girls, more female players, especially on Texas and our traveling teams, because um, this past year we didn't have that many girls. We, our girls only had one sub, so it was pretty rough uh, playing a lot. So hopefully we get more um, girls that are interested in playing and traveling. And real quick, I do want to branch off of that, though. So. Um, obviously you're going to have your friend group in Quidditch and then there's going to be the friend group outside of Quidditch. Have you tried recruiting your friends and what have they tried, what have they told you uh, about, no, that's a weird sport or do they like just not want to deal with that? A lot of my friends outside of Quidditch are um, film majors and film majors aren't usually very athletic. So a lot of them, when they hear that it's like, you know, a contact sport, they say like, no, they don't want to do it. Yeah, I guess for me, um, some of my friends, like, outside of my teammates and stuff um, have had, like, past injuries, especially, like, ACL ones, so they don't want to, like, re-tear it. So, especially, like, Quidditch being in contact sport, they're afraid of, like, re-tearing their ACL, so, like, they don't want to go through that process again, or they just, like, simply just don't have time um, because of the time commitment, like, traveling team is. I've, I've definitely tried to recruit my uh, my housemates, at least. Um, I know my my roommate from last year actually he actually joined the team with me but um he he left spring semester because he started playing ba baseball or whatever um yeah what yeah fake sports i, mean, I, I definitely try to recruit the other my other friends as well but um i mean they're kind of interested not not really they just know quidditch is a thing and then i mean they, yeah like what like what caroline said a lot of them just don't have time for it um they have like other commitments that are, I mean, arguably, probably more important, but, um, yeah. I think a big thing with recruiting also is, um, for me, like, I was, wasn't 100% set on Quidditch until I actually tried it. So I think with a lot of people is, like, once you, the hardest part is getting them out there. And once you get them on the field and, like, trying out the sport, it, they realize it's so much fun. And yeah, I'm, I'm, or you can go. No, I'm so sorry. No, that's all you. 
Um, I guess not only that, but like I helped out with recruitment in the spring because we were trying to push for recruitment for girls, especially for traveling. Um, but like what most people's first impression of like when they were asked if they like would consider like coming out and just trying it is like no Quidditch is a nerd sport or it's like related to Harry Potter and stuff. It's like they were automatically like just like turned away from the sport and stuff. Um, so yeah. And so I guess uh, what do you guys envision, especially with UT, where it's just like you guys have such a storied career or not career legacy of all the teams that have won national championships and uh, and how supportive your sports club is with you guys. Um, it's surprising to hear that even people on UT don't t t take you guys as seriously, which is interesting. Um, what recruitment methods do you think is the most effective for, let's just say, leadership for for teams of leader no that doesn't make sense for leaderships of teams that are that might be listening right now how do you think is the best way to go about just getting people there in the first place i think being really friendly uh, was a big part um because when i first saw it at orientation um our uh, female captain was um recruiting and she was the one i talked to and i talked to one of the other girls on the team too and they were super friendly and like made me feel really welcome, like wanting to try out. So like that helped a lot. So I think just no matter who you're talking to, just try to be really welcoming and friendly. And like, if they like dismiss it, like still like, I don't know, I guess try to explain it, but like in the nicest way possible. I think also just making it accessible for them to go try the sport. Cause like, I know for us at UT, um, our intramural fields are about like 15 minutes away for some for for some people that's just like too far to travel to just go like try a sport or just to get there um, and so like our leadership and our like upperclassmen who drive and stuff are really good about like reaching out and like being willing to go pick up the underclassmen the rookies or anybody like really um, so that really helped especially like beginning of the semester not really knowing anyone on the team and having someone willing to come get me from campus and then drive me to the fields and back. Yeah, I mean, like what I said earlier, um, I mean, honestly, you don't don't focus on Quidditch that much at first. I think just getting to know people on the team um, is is a great way to do that. And then, I mean, our team, we, due to a lack of field and stuff, we actually play on um, Memorial Glade, which is like, like a recreational like um, grass area inside of campus that a lot of people use. Um, and a lot of people walk through when they're going to class and stuff. So I think, that especially during the uh, beginning of the year, it definitely helps to have just like open practices um, and where people can like watch and join if they want. Um, we've definitely had a few recruits do that. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, accessibility is important. We like a smaller school, so we like play on like the park near our school. Um, so, so yeah, it can be challenging to get people out there, but I think a, a big yeah, a big difference in um, keeping or like losing players is like the potential of those players to see themselves like you know in a in a in a role that matters on the team, and also um, in that friend group and coexisting. So like some of the things that have already been said, like just you know being friendly and like really being open, to letting people like um, join and immediately like become like. Uh, a part of that team like they can see themselves progressing to like being on the travel team or something like that 
Yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on tonight. Um, this was, I mean, I think there's definitely a lot of discussion that needs to happen for the sport, sport to grow in general and in terms of how many uh, players of color that it attracts. Um, obviously, the future of this sport is very bright with, with you guys um, in leadership. You guys already have such great ideas with what you guys want to do. Um, thank you guys all for coming on. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Cool. I will stop recording.